Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. And so Phil is going to come and speak to us today. I'll do a socially distanced prayer for you, Phil. Lord, we thank you for Phil. Thank you for all the words that you've put on his heart. Just pray you would anoint him now by the Holy Spirit to bring us what you want us to hear. May we have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, good morning, church. It's great to be together again and just to worship. And this morning, um, I'm going to continue in Colossians 1 and... um, Actually, what I have to say this morning, I could easily preach for the next four weeks. Um, I've got one verse, and Neil's shaking his head. Well, Neil gets 35 minutes to preach. When he gets to preach, I get 20, so if I'm lucky. So I, I, I like to spread mine out over several weeks. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to get that time. So I've got lots of... I've been told no as well, so I think that's, that kind of seals it. Um, but actually what I want to share this morning, I've got more notes than I'm ever going to preach, and I want, I'm going to get them out to group leaders, and hopefully I want to encourage group leaders to share those with you, uh, because there's quite a lot in this this morning. But actually I want to come from a place, and this morning's talk has got a seriousness about it, because I'm aware of some things that are going on that I, for me personally, I've got a, if you like, a holy indignance about that I want to address this morning. Uh, it makes me quite cross actually when I hear some of the things that are around and um, I want to address that, I want to address it from the Word of God, and I want us to look at that and actually come back to uh, the truth. So if you want to turn to Colossians 1, verse 23, that's where I'm going to start, I'm going to focus just in on verse 23 to start with, and um, let's just look at that, and it says in there, but you must continue to believe this truth, and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Now last week, and the last few weeks previously, we've been looking at what um, Paul was writing to the Colossians. Peter talked about how great God was last week. Um, Neil kind of looked at the gospel and this, that we've been justified in Christ, we've been reconciled to God, and it says this, as we just go back briefly, we haven't probably got this on the screen, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now you look at yourself and you know what you've done wrong. Even when, before, even when as you've got up this morning to join in this meeting today, there's probably something you've done not quite right. There's something you may have said wrong, done wrong, felt wrong, thought wrong. All those things happen. But before God, you stand reconciled and blameless without fault if you know Jesus and are giving your life to Jesus. How can that be? Because Jesus has paid the debt, as we've heard already this morning. 
Jesus has already paid that debt. So we're encouraged by Paul then to stand firm in this and not be blown about by anything else, any other teaching, any other doctrine, anything else that might come along. Let's stand firm in this fact, in this truth. It's a done deal. And so to stand firm means what? Refuse to change our our decision, our position, or our mind. That's what it means to stand firm. We're not going to shift from this point, from this place. We're not going to move elsewhere. We're not going to change our thinking on that. This is the truth. We're going to stand firm in this. Fully reconciled to God. And this encouragement to stand firm is repeated in the New Testament over 20 times. Paul says it many times. Stand firm. Don't be shifted, don't be swayed, don't be blown around by every wind of doctrine that might come along and every other teaching. If someone's not preaching the gospel and preaching, then reject it. And the gospel we preach is the gospel Paul preached. And we want to stand firm in that gospel because it does us good to stand firm in it. And there are, were churches that were drifting away. So Galatians, if we go to Galatians Chapter 1, verse 6 to 10, says this, Paul writing, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. He's shocked by this. You are following a different way that pretends to be good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. I say again, whatever we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I've become aware, and I've heard it around a bit, that there's some teaching around at the moment about God's judgment and punishment, particularly being on the world, but on us as Christians, and that actually, if we do something wrong, we're going to get punished for it. That is contrary to the teaching of the gospel that we've received. And it infuriates me that it's out there. Because actually, it nullifies the cross. It actually says Jesus died for nothing. If Jesus died for our sin and has saved us and freed us from that judgment, to then say suddenly, even though we've given our life to Jesus, we do something wrong, we're going to be punished, it nullifies Jesus died for nothing. He died for no reason whatsoever on the cross. Because we still face punishment then. And we have a saying, don't we, that it's so common around... That we say, well, Jesus died for our past, our present, and our future sin. And we use that a lot. But the reality is that when Christ died for our sin, it was all future. None of it was past. None of it was present. It was all in the future. All our sin was yet to be committed, and yet in his love and his mercy, he still died for us, knowing exactly what we would do pre 
present and post-salvation. He just knew it all. And yet, in love, in love, he predestined us to be called children of God. He called us to this. He's made full provision for it, so why would we want to go back to living under legalism and law? Why would we want to go back to living in that place of fear of punishment or judgment when it's already been paid for us? When Jesus took it all upon himself, and now when God looks at us through Jesus, he sees that we are righteous because of the righteousness of Christ. And we're not under punishment. We're not under wrath. We're not under uh, law in any way now. We've been set free. Because the law was revealed, but it was powerless to change us and make us good. It's all it did was highlight our need of Jesus. Just made us aware that we couldn't do this by ourselves, no matter how hard we tried. We always failed. We broke the law. But God in his mercy and his grace has saved us. And he's made us children of God. And if there's another gospel out there, let's not listen to it, and let's not bite into it, and let's not partner with what is not truly the gospel. And if you really need to, again, go back and really grasp hold of the truth of the gospel, read Romans. Paul talks about, you know, God's revealed this mystery of the gospel to me, and in Romans, he reveals it to us. And it's an amazing book. And I get so excited when I read Romans, and you see the goodness of God, and the greatness of God, that knowing how desperate we were, that we just deserved death and condemnation, he still sent Jesus, because he so loved us. He sent Jesus to die for us. So why would we not stand on that? Why would we allow ourselves to waver in any way? Why would we believe any lie of the enemy that tells us different? That tells us, actually, if I do something wrong, I can expect something bad to happen to me because there'll be a punishment. Yes, sometimes there's consequence to our sin. But there's never a time when there isn't forgiveness. There's never a time when it hasn't already been paid for and dealt with. And we may have to live with the consequence of a decision or a sin or something we did, and we live with that. But God, in his grace and mercy, will turn everything for good. Even when we mess up. He says, you know, he works all things together for good to those that are in Christ Jesus. If it's all things, it includes everything. All means everything. All doesn't mean some things. It doesn't mean the good things. Sometimes it even means the bad things. If he, he works it all for our good, even when we've made mistakes. But when we come to him and we say, I messed up. It's already paid for. You know, Romans 8, verse 1 starts with, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus... Why live under any sense of condemnation? Why do we put up with it? 
Why do we allow the enemy to whisper it to us? Why do we allow others to tell us? Why do we allow another gospel maybe to come in and speak something different to this great truth that I no longer live in any condemnation. I live in the goodness of God. I live in the grace of God. And his grace teaches me to say no to ungodliness. And I can live in the good of that. And I don't have to live anywhere else. And we know God's a God of wrath. The Bible teaches he hates sin. And he does hate sin. But when Jesus paid the price for it, it was sufficient. It was sufficient for all sin. All your sin. All my sin. All the sin of the world. That one sacrifice of Jesus was sufficient to pay for it all. And to cover it all. And so, yeah, it's right, we should hate what God hates. We should hate sin. And when we do mess up, and we do get it wrong sometimes, and we do make a mistake, and we sin, and sometimes even willfully, sometimes unwittingly, unknowingly we do, sometimes willfully we do. We choose our own way, and not God's way. God is still faithful and just to forgive us when we come to him. Because that's the kind of God it is. Because the price is already paid, you don't have to pay it again, doesn't have to be covered again in some way and paid. It's not like suddenly our, our debt's been paid once, now we've racked up all these others and there needs to be another debt paid. It was all paid for because, as I've said, all future sin was paid for when Christ died. All our future sin. And then there's grace. There's the wrath of God, but there's the grace of God. And the grace of God is a gift. Ephesians tells us, it is by grace you have been saved. That not of yourself, nothing you could do, absolutely nothing. We don't bring anything to the table in this. We don't bring anything to contribute towards our salvation. We don't bring anything to help us make it into heaven. Only grace. By grace have you been saved. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's a free gift. The undeserved favour of God. That's what grace is. Getting something we just didn't deserve. We did deserve death. We did. But God in his mercy, God in his grace, in his great love for us and for the world and for anyone who would believe, he's given us the right to be called children of God and set free from sin and walk in grace, and live in grace, and live in the good of grace, and allowing the grace of God to teach us to say no to ungodliness, being aware of the things that we could so easily fall away on. We all have areas of vulnerability in our life. We just do. We have them, but we need to be aware of them. And when we're aware of them, we can stand against the schemes of the enemy to trap us in sin, knowing that that's the area will attack us, is our areas of vulnerability. And we can be strengthened in that. So when we're not aware, and we keep making the same mistake again and again, you'd think, once we've done it a few times, we'd be aware, wouldn't you? You'd think, but we're not always the case, we're not always that bright, are we? But God in his mercy, God in his love, has saved us. And so I want to encourage us 
to be people who know what it is and how to stand firm. So what is it you're standing on? So when, we, when Paul says here, stand firm, stand firm in this gospel, so what is it? Well, the gospel is Jesus and him crucified for our sin. And he's become the cornerstone of our faith, it says. He's a firm foundation. He's the rock. He's the one we can stand firmly on and not be moved off. Now, I remember we were on holiday in Scotland and we went to uh, Iona. And on Iona, there's this, um, this rock on the edge of it and it's called Dun'ai or we because it's just Dun'ai we kind of re- referred it to be Dun'wan and um, and on there is the pool of eternal youth and my wife was going to go to the pool of eternal youth not ever thought it would ever do anything for you to make you younger or anything again but we were just going to that and the wind blew because it was exposed at that point and I had to grab onto her before she got blown off the rock as the wind blew because she's quite light and she would easily get blown off and I had to just grab onto her coat just so she didn't blow away and sometimes we can so easily be blown around by every wind that comes but when we're on the rock Christ Jesus it's not me grabbing it's him he's the one who holds us says that he's able to keep us until the day of Jesus Christ. He's the one. Not us. When our feet are on the rock Christ Jesus, he will hold us and protect us. So know who it is. Know what it is that you're standing on. Are your feet firmly planted on the rock Christ Jesus? Or have you got, trying to get your feet in two camps? What are you stood on? Know where your feet are because you can't stand firm unless you know what it is you stood on and are you stood on the grace of god are you stood on his grace and mercy for you are you stood on this great gospel this truth that says i am free from sin i am free from the effect of sin i am free from condemnation i am free from the judgment to come i am free from the punishment because jesus has taken it all and he sets me free. And if you don't know that kind of freedom today, if you don't know that you're truly free in this gospel, if you don't know you're standing on the rock Christ Jesus, that's where you've got to start. It starts with him. And it starts with your relationship with him. And it starts with you planting your feet firmly on this rock. And he will hold you. And he will protect you. And when we get to heaven, we'll all experience the fountain of eternal youth. God's good. And he wants you to stand firm. And I've preached very little out of what God's put on my heart today. But I really need to encourage you. Don't be blown about by the winds of things that are around at the moment. It troubles my spirit. I've lived with a troubled spirit for a few months now because I'm hearing stuff around that isn't the gospel. It's a, it's a variation of the true gospel. And it's not the gospel we preach. The gospel we preach is Christ crucified for sin and he's paid our debt fully. And something we could never do. But we have to put our trust and our faith in this gospel. 
We have to stand firm and not allow ourselves to, be, to waver through uh, by anything that happens or any whisper of the enemy, any lie of the enemy. And I want to tell you, if you're listening to a lie, you need to put it to death. You need to put that lie to death and stop listening to something else that says, I've done that wrong, I'll get punished for that now. No. And I want to say, a virus isn't punishment from God. Sickness is not a punishment from God. We live in a fallen world. These things happen. We've got frail bodies. We're subject to decay and disease. These things happen. You know, Colin Barron's always said, you know, good things, bad things happen to good people doing the right thing. It just happens sometimes. But we've got a God who loves us, who has saved our soul, who has won our hearts, and he's put us on the rock, Christ Jesus. Make sure that's where you stay stood. Make sure your feet are firmly planted on Jesus, on this rock. Get into this gospel again. Let this gospel live in you. Let it bring life to you. Let it bring freedom to you. Let it stir you up and release you. And lift your voice and lift your eyes to Jesus. Lift your eyes off every doubt, every argument that might be set up by the enemy or by anyone else just lift your eyes and look at Jesus and raise your praise and adoration and lift yourself to him and he will sustain you and he will protect you and he will be the one that grabs onto you. When the winds come, he'll be holding you firm if your feet are on the rock, Christ Jesus. That's all I can preach after what I've got. It's 11 o'clock, time's gone, we've got a song to do. Peter's itching to get up by the looks of it, so you better come. Um, whilst we were worshipping, I, um, I thought, oh, I've got a bit of a runny nose, which is always a nightmare behind a mask, isn't it? And um, so I, I just pulled my mask to the side and I touched my nose and then put my mask back. And I looked down at my hand and it was covered in blood. And I was like, oh. Um, so I, I, um, I went off and I washed my hands and they were perfectly clean again. It was great. There it is all gone, and my face was fine. But uh, I, I, just, um, I just believe God would say that there's people who are worried that they've got blood on their hands, and that actually it doesn't wash off. And they, they just feel like they've got dirty hands, because there's blood on them. And uh, there's a bit from Psalm 51, uh, and David had obviously, he'd, um, he'd committed adultery, and then he'd killed the husband of the lady, and um, and he had blood on his hands. And he said this, Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. And if you feel that that's a kind of uh, for you this morning, that you feel like you've got blood on your hands, Jesus wants to say to you, I've made you clean. That as you believe in me, I make you whiter than snow. And there's not something that, that then, you know, you turn your back and suddenly the snow's gone red. No. He makes you whiter than snow. Full stop. And if you're struggling in that, go and read Psalm 51 about all the blessings that come when Christ makes you whiter than snow. Can we just put that slide up?
I love this quote by Tozer. We live in a, a world that's scared. And what the world needs is a fearless church, a church that does not fear anything other than fear God. And we stand firm and we stand secure. And the, the world sees and knows that we're Jesus' disciples. They don't need a church in disarray. They don't need a church that's blown about by every wind of doctrine. doesn't need a church that doesn't know what it believes. It needs a church that can stand on the truth and declare the truth of Jesus Christ. And I want us to be that church in the peak. I want us right across the Peak District to make that stand to be fearless in the face of every adversity, the face of all that would come against us, to stand firm on this rock Christ Jesus. So, let's just stand together, I'm going to pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you that, Holy Spirit, you seal us. We're sealed with Christ by you. Lord, and I want to pray for anyone who is wavering right now, anyone who is uncertain, anyone who is in doubt, anyone who does not know that they are truly a child of the King. They've, they've made a decision to follow Jesus. They've put their trust, but yet they've been wavering around. They've been blown around. They've been, lies have been said. Things have come along. Another uh, version of the Gospels come along and, and, and just unsettled them. God, I want to pray now. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you plant their feet firmly on the rock, Christ Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you seal them afresh by the power of, uh, of who you are? You're, you're the seal. It says you're, you're the promised Holy Spirit that seals us for eternity. So come and do it, Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Lord, I want to pray for anyone who just needs to repent right now. I hope them just say, I'm sorry, I've wavered, I've moved, I've listened to other things. I'll just encourage you right now, just acknowledge that before God. And ask him to tell you, put your feet back on the rock Christ Jesus right now. Be firm in this truth. Be firm in God. This is a, it's a serious thing. It's a serious word. I don't want it to be heavy. Because actually there's freedom in Christ as we stand on the rock. There's freedom and there's joy. And if you've lost the joy of your salvation, maybe it's because you've been wavering around and you're, you're living in fear of condemnation and judgment and punishment. God wants to set you free from that right now and release you in the name of Jesus. So come Holy Spirit, right now I pray. Come Holy Spirit, right now. Come we pray, come we pray. Pray there'll be no one, no one who is wavering from today. No one is uncertain of their, who they're stood on. No one will be uncertain about their secure in Christ. No one will be uncertain about whether they're a child of God or not whether their sins are forgiven or not. Lord, I want to pray for a security and a knowing inside, a deep knowing inside that they are, be, they are saved and that belong to you. God, I pray right now. Holy Spirit, come and do it, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Are we going to do a song? Can we do that song? Yeah, we're going to do a song to finish with. We're going to sing a raise a hallelujah. And it talks about in the midst of doubt and fear coming we actually we lift our eyes to Jesus so as we finish with this song I want to encourage you lift your eyes to him look at Jesus there's no one else to look to for your security and your safety
other than Jesus.